Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Moment of Cluth podcast with Megan Cluth. Today's guest is Kyle Prater. He's a Proviso West graduate. He came out of high school as the number one wide receiver in the country and went on to play college ball at USC and Northwestern. He was later signed by the New Orleans Saints as an undrafted free agent in 2015 before his career took an unexpected route. See what I did there? Today we talk about the Saints, life after football, and playing a big role in the lives of young kids on Chicago's South Side. So let's jump right in. Thank you, Kyle, for joining me. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Your career has taken a shift towards something totally unexpected. You're in the creative realm now. You're 26 and own your own production company. What caused the shift? Uh, it's funny that you said shift is because that's one of the um, movies that I, I entitled my documentary, so Shifting Gears. Um, basically, you know, a lot, of, a lot of athletes, we really don't know what to do when we're done playing. So that transition can be fairly tough. So I wanted to have start something that I always had control over. And I was always intrigued with film. I was always intrigued with soundtracks and just, you know, the how movies were made and as far as, like, the storytelling. You know, when I got released in New Orleans, I wanted to go into that but still try to pursue the NFL and I still had dreams aspiration of getting back because I knew I can play but I want I knew this can last longer than football. So talk about the pressure that must have been on your shoulders coming out of high school as the number one wide receiver in the country. Oh it's definitely a lot of pressure I mean you got to think about I'm a 17 18 year old kid um, with this label on my back and um, of course I worked extremely hard for it I got given talent and still do but it's just kind of tough when you look at it, looking back, you know, my parents, there's no manual to it, you know, so you just have to go through it, but it was definitely a fun time, you know, it was, you know, to be, you know, unlabeled that, but at the same time, it came, a lot came with it. I read an article about your dad lo- loving to read and how it got tough for him once things didn't necessarily work out in the way that you would hope they would for football mm-hmm. and him you wanting him to not read as much, to not see these negative things in the newspaper. What did that do for your personality and his personality? Well, you can't read some of these blogs. You got to understand that, you know, when you're doing good, people are going to praise you. And then when you're doing bad, they're going to, you know, praise you in a way that's, you know, negative. You got to know that there's two sides and that's what's going. That's what comes with it. So I told my dad, you can't read that stuff. You know, people, are, they have to say what they have to say. Um, we just have to focus on ourselves, and at that time, I was enduring a lot of injuries, and you know, you got people calling me a bus, and you know, he's not going to make it. So you got all these things going into your head. So what better way to do is just shut it out completely, so and just focus on us as a family. You know, my dad works; he gets up at 3 a.m. He works two jobs. He drives a truck. He still drives a truck to this day. So these things I saw growing up, and that was just something that was instilled in me subconsciously, just by watching it. He would come give me a kiss on the forehead before. I, I go to school before he went to work, the same thing with my mother. And just, I saw that hard work blue collar mentality and like that work ethic at an early age and this is something that I've always had. So when I stopped playing, it just basically, like you said, shifted that same mindset and work ethic from the field to the film. Are you staying ready in case an NFL team calls you? Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Um, I'm staying ready just for like health reasons. I love to work out. I still train the same way as if I am playing just because I love that feeling of that just being in shape and because I don't want to be that overweight producer or director filmmaker that's like 
you see a lot of that eating sometimes. donuts in the studio. Nah, I'm not an <laughs> occasional donut, but you know, it's, it's a time and place for. But I just want to still, you know, I love football. I mean, I still stay around the sport. I coach at high school in uh, Maine West and Displains, and so my hands are always still around the sport because that's what you know. That's in my DNA. And one of my favorite things to do as a sports reporter is kind of show the person behind the helmet because you have all of these fans who don't necessarily see that there are people in there in those uniforms right. behind those helmets who are doing things. You know, for example, taking a knee during the anthem or um, starting foundations, there are people behind those uniforms. What would you say to anybody who doesn't really realize that? Well, LeBron talks about it. Um, Kobe talks about it more than an athlete. And um, that's just something that I really believe in. I think by me telling my story and by me telling my truth, um, it just helps me to share my greatness with others. And I think if I was... You know, selfish people keep those things inside. I want to just share everything that I've learned throughout my career with someone else. So the whole point of this podcast is to get to your truth. And when I Google what is your truth, it means to live your most truthful self. Inside you is a person waiting to jump out and live in truth and openness. Most of us spend our days living up to expectations and definitions. In this way, you, me, and all of us are living in someone different than who we truly are. Who are you truly? Who am I truly? It's funny that you asked that. Um, I, it's crazy. I wrote this down. I, I got a notebook. He's breaking right out the notebook. Because I'm very detail-oriented. And I wrote down, why do I care so much about people? And I said, because that's what God intended for us to do. So, like, when you say what's my truth, like, I, I found out, of, like, most recently after going to Los Angeles and having a moment where I've come to grips with my past and everything that I've been through is that I love people. I love giving back to people. I love telling stories. I love sharing my films with people because my films, a lot of films I've done in this past year have helped people get over things and help people like be happy. I've done a wedding this year and she was so happy. She said she was smiling cheek to cheek. So like for me to hear someone say they're smiling cheek to cheek lets me know I did my job. I got kids that call me from my team that have problems they're going through at home. They don't feel comfortable talking to their coaches at the school. They call me. So that makes me feel good that I'm able to be a vessel for someone else to feel a certain way. And so my truth is, I just like, I, I like being around people and making them feel good. I love that. Yeah. What is your ultimate goal for your production company? Uh, my goal is to, uh, I want to get to the point where you will see a film on screen and you will know it'll be somewhere like a Lionsgate or Paramount. Um, get to the point where it's like, you don't see commercials for Bugatti because why? You know what a Bugatti is, you know the value of one. I want people to see my logo and our production and, you know, our company and be like, wow, these guys are legit. Do you ever miss playing football or feel like you were kind of cheated out of that NFL career because of your injuries? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I don't, I, the word cheat, no, I wouldn't say the word cheated. I would say my injuries caught up to me. But um, a lot of people say, would you do it all over again? I say, no, I, yes, I do it all over because the person who I've become during that process is uh, probably a way better person than who I was once before. And, um, you know, the injuries caught up to me, man, but at the same time, I can still go out there and play right now. But, you know, got to understand, this NFL's a business, and when they look at me, they look at me as a dollar sign, not as, well, we see you're passionate, we see you, you love the game, we see you still have it, but it's like, I'm expendable. There's tons of guys like me. So by me doing what I'm doing now, I have control of my life. You, I can do what I want. I can wake up when I want. I can choose, I can pick that person, but I don't think of it like that mindset. I think of it more so 
I have control and I want people around me that has that same mindset as me and just want to like help people be better. What do you think one of the number one things people don't realize about the life of an NFL player consists of? Well, not everybody's lifestyle is like an Odell Beckham's. So that's what people got to understand. They got to, these Instagram, these Facebooks, you got to understand, people look at those things and automatically label you as this is how you should act or this is how he is acting. And they see the blue check marks. I know people, a lot of people, I meet people and they're like, oh man, I didn't know you was like that. Well, I'm just regular. I just have a blue check mark and it's just something that's superficial. It's way more to athletes than what people see. The media portrays us. Uh, their guys are just like me. They really care and loving, humble. Um, can I say I was always like this? No, we have to experience life to get to that point. So One thing that I've learned just from covering the NFL for four years is that some guys don't even love football. They mm. are just doing it because they're good at it. Did you ever experience a time where you were like, this isn't what I want, but I'm doing it because I'm good at, good at it? Well, I, I started to notice in college that like I, I know if I didn't put the work in, I could still be an elite player. But I didn't. I didn't have that mindset. I didn't want want to ever have that mindset. Well, I ain't got to practice. Well, I'm great at already. I knew I was great, but I still wanted to practice as if I didn't have not one lick of talent at all. So I put the work in as if I was uh, a walk on or a kid that was undrafted. And uh, when I did become undrafted, I was essentially that walk on. So I still had that work ethic anyway. It's just I knew I should have been drafted first round, but um, circumstances that happened in college, you know, prohibited that. So, but I didn't let that stop me. So from Chicago to LA, back to Chicago to New Orleans, how did that shape your character? Because I know for myself, going to New Orleans made me embrace who I really was in mm. so many ways. You know, New Orleans is a very um, cultural place to live. A lot of history, um, especially with Katrina, everybody. So that that state and that whole city has a lot of like character as far as like what they've been through and they're very prideful of everything they have out there and what they have as far as like, you know, the Saints, they love the Saints. They love the Saints, win or lose or draw. And so when I got out there, it was good to see that uh, that demographic change from Chicago to um, New Orleans and then seeing it from LA to, to New Orleans. It's very different, it's very different. I mean, playing in the NFL at all is a huge accomplishment. So looking back on your life in 20 years, what do you think is a bigger accomplishment to you playing in the NFL or starting your own production company at 25? Starting my own production. I think that speaks way more volumes than going to the NFL because um, you gotta think about the narrative that is being pushed out here for young kids that like, especially young black kids in Chicago and, and all over the world, that narrative of you need to play in the NBA or go to the league, that's the only way you can be successful. And that's what a lot of kids be thinking that because they don't see nothing else. So when I come to an event, or just like this past weekend on the south side with, with Matt Forte, we went to Ogden Park and spoke to the kids. There, and so he was speaking, and I was just there doing some content for Matt. But at the same time, we still do stuff in the community. I was filming, and there was a topic that came up. And I was like, I got to speak on this. Like, just a lot of guys that are creators. That, um, try to act hard. Yeah, they try to act hard and they want to keep that bad where I'm in the league type of you know persona. But it's like, then the guys, I have guys in direct messages like, yeah, man, I've been following your story, man. Like, I'm into film too. These are guys I know in the league. Like, oh, I just bought a camera because I see what you're doing. Oh, that's so, so like, great. I'm like, that's, that's, that's my truth. That you're I'm spreading helping. the message. Yeah. Be who you are. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So have you ever heard of the game Two Truths and a Lie? Mm, I can't say that. So what you do during this game is you tell two truths and one lie, and I have to guess what the lie is. So think about two truths and a lie. So I have to tell you two truths and, and a lie. lie. Like I would play this. Okay, so for example, 
I'm not going to tell you what my truth, what, which one's the lie, but my name is Megan. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. I'm deathly afraid of pigeons. You said deathly? Deathly. That's a strong word. Hey, okay, well, maybe not deathly. I am afraid of that's pigeons. Not, that's a lie right there. Come on, I got to start this over no, now. Okay. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> um, I dislike raspberries. I was a competitive figure skater for 15 years. I have lived in five different cities. Which one is the lie? The raspberry one. Come on, you're too good at this. The raspberry one. <laughs> what gave it away? I didn't even make eye contact with you on any of these. No, because it's just you're very detailed in uh, the 15 years. And, <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, you're just like, oh, yeah, I just like raspberries. <laughs> right. Okay, you. your turn. Okay. I, uh, so my second year, I before our off season, before the um, the season started, I took out a loan <laughs> for twenty five thousand dollars. So this is tough. I know. I interviewed Kevin Hart twice in one day, and I also in Los Angeles I met with LeBron's team uninterrupted. That's a lie. That's a truth. He just told me three truths. Okay, so uh, I think what we learned today is that Kyle Prater's truth is that he can't tell lies. Man, He's just, really bad at telling I, lies. To be honest, I've been trying to be so more transparent nowadays. I love in it. Relationships is like, like, all right, look, I've lied. Uh oh, that sounds like something just happened in a relationship. You're like, I'm lying. Well, thank you for telling only truths on this show, and hopefully you'll come back. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.